And I don't know. We've just been talking. Well, I think you're actually making some friends here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. They basically just moved off the plan to dump the pig's blood on me at prom, that's all. Welcome back to the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night Podcast. I am Philip. I am Courtney. And we are here to talk about Carrie. Yeah. Yes. So, Courtney, how's life? It's it's good. I'm going to apologize if I sound stuffy because I've had a cold for, like, what, two weeks now? A few weeks, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But so far, the cough is gone. The sore throat is gone. I just am very congested. That's not fun. It's not, but... It's it's getting better. That's good, I guess. It doesn't help that my job requires me to be on the phone, like, all day. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot at work. That does not help for my voice. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I have less than a month left of school, so woo! Yes, and somehow you have, like, two weeks longer than our kid. I do. She gets out on the 19th of May, and I get out on June 1st is my last day with, with the kids. June 2nd is my last day without the kids. I was talking to somebody about it, and they were like, oh, well... His school had a lot of snow days. Same amount as adults. Did you guys just not have any built-in ones? No, we did. The built-in was on June 1st. June 2nd was going to be the last day. We had it built in. If we didn't do snow days, it would have gotten out a week earlier. So uh, we did have them built in, but I've been saying the week early because I knew we had five built-in. Oh, okay. So really, June 2nd was what the original date was. So really, we get out of day earlier than the original date. Got it. And I, but the thing is, I didn't know if Adele's school, I didn't think hers was built in. Because she gets out May 19th. Um, there's no way they have built-in days and still get out on May 19th. I don't know. Maybe the teachers just want to get rid of them. I kind of wonder. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I always feel like it's a waste to add days at the end of the year because yeah. nothing's happening. It's dumb. I'm so, I, well, I was going to say I'm surprised you guys build it so days, but you do end up having a lot of so days. So I feel like we, yeah, we had four growing up, we didn't build that many in because we had snow days, but we didn't have like a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Very rarely did we have more than one snow day in a row because usually it yeah. was cleared up by the next day. Y'all get ice, though. That's we the do. difference. We, we got snow, and that can be cleared up. But yeah. y'all get, like, ice storms and have zero salt trucks. That is true. So there's Oklahoma no doesn't know what to do. You know, they put sand on the ground. Yeah. And it just makes things gross. At my job, they put sand on every surface, and it's disgusting. And it doesn't help. Because then you can go out there and tap dance and, like, do a Sandman type of thing. Mr. Sandman. No? Okay. No, I'm out. I'm out on that one. Uh, I didn't really have a song with this. I was going to change the tune um, Sherry by the Four Seasons. Sherry! (laughs) To Carrie. To Carrie. (laughs) And I decided not to. And then Carrie Ann is a Holly song. I was going to do that one, but I decided not to. Yeah. Um, Yeah, keep it a little serious. With the scary ones. No, you don't have to. However, I believe that this music, and I don't mean to be getting into it. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But anyways. Did you finish your book? Do you want to talk about it? I did. I finished what book? Oh, I finished Beatles on the Roof, which talked about... Was that the really long? No. No, that was the Harding Legacy. I finished that before the last podcast. That's right. And then I read Beatles on the Roof, which... No, 
No, no, no, no. Last podcast, whenever we did it, I was reading the Don Bluth book. Oh, that's right. That You've read a few books. That's I finished good. that book. And then I read Beatles on the Roof. Beatles on the Roof was only like 170 pages. So it was a pretty quick one. When did our last podcast come out? Two weeks ago. Well, a week and a half from recording this. I think I've read four books. Yeah, because I was reading the books with yeah. uh, Silas in it. Silas? Oh, Silas? Yeah. He's my, he's my enemy. So I'm now... I'm watching you, Silas. I'm now on my fifth book since that one. Okay. Also written by the same author that wrote Silas. Okay. Except in this one, she's written someone named Nash. <sighs> Nash. Now I don't like you, Nash. Although it's a little cheesy because, like, they live in this really small southern town and their brothers and their names are Nash and Knox. That's dumb. Nashville, Knoxville. That's dumb. Yeah, it is a little dumb. But um, her characters are very well written. But I also read The Nightingale, which made me cry a whole lot. Books don't make me cry. Mm -hmm. Shows make me cry. Movies make me cry. Books generally don't make me cry. This one, I was, like, sobbing at the end. And I don't like historical fiction. It's about World War One. I. I don't. I don't like historical fiction, but I really liked that one. And then I read two really short books because I wanted to pad my reading goal for the year. <laughs> they were still is good. It's not cheating a little bit. It's not cheating because they were books I, I enjoyed, so like I likely would have read them anyway. But I did look up good fiction books that are quick reads so that uh -huh. I could like pad it. Because Nightingale took me a while because it was a big one. Uh -huh. And then I read... One Italian Summer, which was really good, but also made me cry because it was all about someone's mom being dead, and that's a little too close to him. You want to talk about the Scandal? Yes, I've been dying to know what's going on with the Scandal. <laughs> There's actually really not that much. I'm trying to think. Ariana's going to be on Watch What Happens Live after the finale, and I'm really excited about that. Okay. Because she has not talked publicly, really. She's done like a couple of ads on her Instagram, she's done some like pictures and stuff, but she hasn't talked to any podcasts or anything. Okay. Unlike Tom, who's, like, constantly talking to paparazzi. Well, he's attempting to help his image. Is it working? No. People like Jax now. Mm. That's how bad Tom Sandoval's image is. It's not good. It's not good, but he also feeds into it. See, here's the thing. I think that Tom has been a narcissist this whole time. We used to think he was a benign narcissist. Like, he just likes himself. But he also is a good person. I think we're now learning he's a malignant narcissist and any attention is good, even if it's bad. I think that's where he's at. And that is why in his concert, when he was singing Schwartzy's mom to the tune of Stacy's mom, he said, Schwartzy, can't you see that Raquel is not for me? Mm -hmm. He was just looking for attention. Now everybody's talking about it. Why would he say that? Are they still dating? What's going on? Like he just wanted the attention. And it makes me really angry. And Raquel is garbage. She's a terrible person. I knew that we would come out of this hating Sandoval because, like, he was the one in a relationship. But you're watching these scenes and Raquel is, like, having this big emotional moment on her birthday in the last episode. And Ariana is, like, rubbing her back and, like, comforting her. And, like, Raquel is just sitting there allowing this to happen, knowing full on that she's sleeping with this girl's boyfriend of almost 10 years that she lives with. But I will say the best moment of the last episode was Ken Todd, Lisa Vanderpump's husband, coming out and saying a line that Lisa clearly fed to him so that it would be on camera. Ken Todd does not care about Tom Sandoval or Raquel. Does not care. He probably couldn't pick Raquel out of a lineup. He might know Tom because Tom has worked for him for a really long time. What did he say? He came out and he said, I can't believe 
Raquel was staying at Tom Sandoval's house when Ariana wasn't there. And, like, that was it. He, like, shuffled. He's, like, an older man. And he, like, shuffled into the kitchen and said that line. Is that, well, there is that, his, accent, that, that, that his accent? Yeah. Because that sounds like the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Oh, he's, like, a really wealthy <laughs> yeah. British guy who lives in Beverly Hills. He does sound like yeah. the lifestyles of rich and famous. But um, Danny Pellegrino's podcast is my favorite in the world because he kind of stumbles over the word Sandoval and says, like, Zandoval. Danny Pellegrino does a really good impression of it. And I was laughing at my desk at work listening to his podcast. And I'm all caught up on podcasts, which I feel like is an accomplishment. It's exciting. Are there people... I need to know this. Do people in the world catch up on their podcasts? Like, do you get to a point where you, like, finish all of your new podcasts? I'm caught up right now. I feel like this has never happened to me. I mean, it used to... Before teaching... When I was right before teaching, it ha- I caught, caught up all the time because I was in an office. I'm in an office too, office. and I never catch up. Teaching is harder because I have my like one hour a day or two hours mm-hmm. a day where I have a break. I don't have but too much time. I, I, though, can't really, I can't really listen to podcasts while I'm talking to students. I don't have a ton of time where I'm not on the phone or not like with somebody, but I do have decent chunks of time where I can sit and listen. And I usually have podcasts going most of the days, unless I'm on the And I used to be... And I'm never... And I used to be a completist, where I had to listen to every podcast that come in. Oh, I delete a bunch of them. Um, I I decided not to do that anymore. At one point, I thought, you know what, I don't have to listen to every single podcast I get. Yeah, I don't... I I can't. So, like, today, I really had two longer podcasts that I was listening to, not at the same time, but that I had left. And I realized that I wasn't really interested in either one of them, so I just deleted them. And then I was caught up. Well, Ryan Bailey is going to kill me because he does long-form podcasts. So he'll do two parts, so two separate episodes about Vanderpump Rules, about one episode of Vanderpump Rules, that are each an hour and a half long. So it's like three hours of Ryan Bailey talking about a 45-minute episode of TV. And it's, it's killing me. I listen to so much of Ryan Bailey talking. All I know is but that I if you that. somehow die... It's Ryan Bailey's fault. No, but I love Ryan Bailey. He's going to kill you, probably because you put pig bl- pig's blood all over him. That was, that was a good way to bring it all back. <laughs> I tried. That was good. That was good. I tried. And this is the only time... It, it says on the website that this is the only time that this movie is referenced in the show, but I find that so hard to believe because I feel like this movie is referenced in a lot of pop culture, mm-hmm. but according to the website... Only time. Well, what's your background with this movie? I watched it one time for my blog five years years ago. How old am I? Like 12 years ago. And it terrified me. And I hate it. So you've watched it once, 12 years ago. Yeah. And you're ready to talk about it today. I'm ready. It's in my brain. And I promise you I'm going to have a hard time going to sleep tonight because of it. Uh I had not watched it until... Over the last few days, it took me a couple of days, I watched it, and I'd never seen it. I knew bits and pieces, but very little. Yeah. So, full disclosure, I have not watched it recently. Yeah. I, I told you you didn't have to. Mostly because of scheduling. Yeah. Because we couldn't figure out a way for both of us to watch it early <laughs> in the daytime. And I needed to watch it early today. So, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I can still contribute, though. Well, I have some thoughts. Okay. Well, so, let's get started. Okay. The film begins in the locker room full of teenage girls, including Carrie White. Carrie gets her first period and becomes distressed and cries out for help. That is quite a way to start the movie. 
It's an intense scene. Don't they like throw pads at her and uh-huh. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's an intense scene. Which was interesting because I could see, well, I couldn't really see why they did that. But I could see like being freaked out because this person's coming at you with blood on their hands. And because like later the teacher said, I kind of wanted to slap her <laughs> because well, of the yeah. way she was acting. So I could see that. But you also have to um, think of how terrifying it is if your mother never told you yeah. that this is a thing that happens. Yeah. To just like suddenly be bleeding. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't want to say it's scary because most women know that it's happening to them when they're younger, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. They throw Even when you know what's happening. Sanitary towels and toilet paper at her. Yeah. She has no, she has no idea what's happening. Yeah. And Ms. Collins played by Betty Buckley. He's only a couple years older than Sissy Spacek, who plays Carrie. Spacek was 26, I think. I think she got away with it, though, because, like, she was very unmade up. She didn't really have any makeup on, make her look any older, and, like, very thin. Mm -hmm. I think she... she I think she put Vaseline in her hair. Oh, did she? To get that, the look of it. To get that, like, sheen, too. Yeah. But Miss Collins rushes in to stop the commotion. (laughs) And Miss Collins, I couldn't tell if I liked her or not. The whole movie. Um, While I was watching her, I kept thinking... If this was a story about a teacher who slept with one of her students, it would be her. <laughs> I mean, because she, when she was talking about the students, she was talking to Carrie about what's his face who took her to the prom. They talked about how cute he was and like all this stuff. Yeah. It was like, she's the one that we would see on the news. That's true. Yeah. She was a little too close to some of them, I felt like. Yeah, that's fair. She also slaps them, and I, I, I can't imagine slapping kid, slapping st- students. No, and I can't even give it to like, oh, that was the age. Like, I don't think, no. I don't think so. No, I, I, I don't think so either. There's like I mean, they, they, in the seventies, they did swats and stuff, but not like just slap like, across the face. Well, not like on high schoolers, did they? Oh, I'm, sure they did. Like oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it was high school too. Oh. We can ask my dad. He got swats a lot. I'll, I'll ask him sometime. Bob. <laughs> um, yeah, so Carrie seems to be having extreme rage. She snaps a light bulb, um, and that is the first time that we see that she can move things. And she has telekinesis. Telekinesis. I couldn't think of the word. I'm glad you're, <laughs> glad you're here to help me out. Yes. See, I didn't have to watch the scary movie again. Yeah. Then she realized that Carrie is unaware of the concept of menstruation. Because of this, Ms. Collins asks the school principal to excuse Carrie from gym class for a week because of the drama, and he keeps calling her the wrong name three or four times in that yeah. in that meeting. Which is just kind of setting the stage that she's, like, invisible. She's yeah. nobody. No one really notices her unless they're making fun of her. Upon her way home, Carrie uses telekinesis to also stop a boy from teasing her who was riding on the bike. Who's riding on the bike. Oh, yeah. Or something. I don't remember what it was, but she ended up making him fall off. Then while at home, Carrie is tormented by her mother, who locks Carrie in a closet and forces her to pray. She believes that Carrie received her period due to sinning. So this Wait, is Wait, hold on. I want to I go into this. So in Jeanette McCurdy's book called I'm Glad My Mom Died, she talks about how she gets her period probably a little older than normal. She was like already acting. And her mom told her that like it was because she needed to eat less and like that then she introduced her to restricting because biologically if you have less body fat you start menstruation later especially if you're depriving your body of the nutrients you need and so i just find it so interesting that like this one mom is mad 
her daughter for getting her period naturally the way you're supposed to because she's sinning. And there are actual moms out there that are like, oh no, you're supposed to look younger so you can be an actress and be skinnier. So like, we'll get rid of that period. Just don't eat. Sucks for women, man. And this is one of those examples of religion or some type of faith being an illness. Yeah. Like, there is, you, you can have faith, but this is, like, her mom's awful. Oh, it, that, it, it's a cult for her. It's a cult, and she's using it as abuse towards her daughter. Yeah. Miss Collins berates the other girls and forces them through detention, deliberately, physically exhausting them. So that was when she met them, and she slapped a couple of them. And that was when Chris ends up not being able to go to prom because she doesn't go to the detention. Yeah. So she's, she said that she wasn't going to go or didn't want to do the detention. And so she is not allowed to go to prom. And apparently at this prom, you can't go if you don't have a date, which I don't know if that was a thing in the 70s. Maybe. Definitely wasn't in 2002. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a rule. <laughs> I, I mean, it would be stupid, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Although, I don't know. I remember like when I went to dances, I would go... Occasionally, I would go with like a group of girls, and I don't remember my mom ever saying anything like, "Oh, we weren't allowed to do that." And she grew up in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I doubt that was a thing. I feel like it was just for the movie or yeah, book. I don't know if it's in the book or not. I don't know. So, but it's Stephen King, right? Yeah, Stephen King. Furious Chris, because she can't go to prom, blames Carrie for her misfortune. Meanwhile, another one of the girls, Sue Snell feels guilty about her part in teasing Carrie, so she asks her boyfriend, Tommy, to take Carrie to the prom. And I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. I kept thinking... Yeah, I remember that feeling. What, what's her reason? What yeah. does she want? And at the very end, they show her next to the rope, and she's just watching, and she ended up being next to the rope that was going to pull down the pig's blood. And yeah. I kept thinking... Does she know? And she's standing there waiting for it to happen. Because I, I didn't know if Chris had told her, and we uh, just had it. But then we found out that she had no idea. She's genuinely a good she's person. She's genuinely yeah. a good person. Which, when they showed her at the detention, they showed each of their faces. And she did look the most yeah. upset about doing everyone else seemed to not care. So, But I kept waiting for her to share the sick reason that she wanted. Yeah. Um, Tommy Dash. There's a um, musical version of the movie. I don't know if it ever got to Broadway, but I know it was doing reviews or whatever the heck they call it. But Christy Altamar played Sue Snell in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, Sue Snell, the actress, Amy Irving, her mom played her mom in the movie. Oh, that's cool. So that's actually her mom that is playing her mom, the part of her mom. That's cool. Yeah. So Tommy begrudgingly agrees. After Tommy asks her to the prom, Carrie refuses, thinking that yet another trick is being played on her. After a pep talk with Miss Collins, which it just seemed creepy to me, yeah. and after Tommy's further insistence, Carrie finally agrees to go to the prom with Tommy. While everyone else is getting ready for the prom, Chris schemes with her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, who is played by John Travolta, which brings us to the 46th most popular segment in podcast history. Again, kids and dogs sleeping. Five degrees, five degrees or less of jinkily. All right, so John Travolta, this mm-hmm. one, this one was really easy. Is in Greece. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? I heard okay. of it, yeah. With Olivia Newton-John. 
Yeah. Olivia Newton-John is in Xanadu with Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly's in Xanadu? Oh, yeah. He has a tap. They tap dance together. Oh, I've never seen it. Well, I, I think I, we're supposed to see it for this, though. Oh, I I've never seen that. the movie. I've heard it's awful. Well, yeah. But I'll I'll show you. There's a, there's a dance number where Olivia Newton-John and Gene Kelly dance together. It was made in 1980. Yeah. Or whatever. So, yeah. I know about the movie. I yeah. just have never seen it. I didn't realize he was in it. Yeah. Interesting. So that, that was one was really easy. Once I... Once I saw I also John, forgot that John Travolta was in this movie. Once I saw, he got second billing, I think, yeah. behind Sissy Spacek. But also, he was the. But most, he was barely in it, though. Wasn't I, he? But he was the most well known with uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Like this was his. I think. Oh uh, yeah. This was his first. I was thinking of Greece, but no, he would have been Welcome yeah, Back, Cotter. This was his first movie. Well, his second, technically his second movie. I think the first one he has, he was in for like five seconds. So this is his first movie where he's in. A bit of it. He actually went to the interview dressed straight from Welcome Back, Connor. Mm. So he so he had a big name because of that. Do you ever watch Welcome Back, Connor? I've seen a couple of his episodes. My mom, I think, liked Welcome it. Back. Yeah, I've watched it like a handful of times. Yeah. But. So Chris games with her boyfriend Billy Nolan, played by Travolta, and best friend Norma to get revenge on Carrie. And Norma annoys the crap out of me the whole movie. She's horrible. <laughs> And she wears a hat the whole movie, which was very surprising. I feel like... Is it like a baseball cap? Yeah, a baseball cap. Um, you can't go... Which is, I'm fine with, but she wore it with her dress to the prom, which seems strange to it's me. It's thing, man. In the 70s. I was, I, I was like... It's a thing. In the 70s, they say, you have to have a prom date. I feel like they would say, you also have to abide by these dress rules. At Man, this formal were affair. there actual dress codes at proms for us? Because I remember a lot of girls wearing some... Well, I'm talking about the 70s. I know. I'm just talking about us. Did y'all have a dress code for your prom? Not that I know of, but I'm also a guy. I don't remember So I wouldn't have had to abide by most of it. I don't remember there being one. I don't remember being told about one. But again, I didn't really pay attention to dress codes because I knew that I was going to dress appropriately because I wasn't showing anything off. But... There, if they'd had a dress code, I feel like there were a lot of girls that would have been kicked out of my prom. Yeah, I have no idea if they did. Do mm-hmm. girls still dress like that when they go to proms? I feel. How like many she, proms have I been to recently? I'm just saying, well, you've worked in schools though. I feel elementary like, schools. What? And an intermediate school. Whatever you're high school. Like the district. Okay. Anyway, I feel like when we were growing up, at least me and on the East Coast, um, there was a lot of self tanning. And a lot of just regular tanning and a lot of skin being shown. I don't want to shame anyone, but I feel like a lot of times it did not look great. Maybe not the most flattering dress on girls. And I'm wondering if we've learned from that. I have no idea. Because also, they didn't look super comfortable. It's like, it's not flattering. And you don't look like you're enjoying it. So like, could we learn from this? Have we learned from this? Well, My well, basic question is, are teenage girls looking better than we did? Because we didn't know what we were doing. Let's be fair here. YouTube wasn't really a thing. TikTok definitely wasn't a thing. We didn't really have any social media. We had chat rooms. It's kind of it. We weren't watching tutorials about how to do our makeup and our hair and stuff. You just did what you were capable of doing. Or you went to a hairdresser and had them do it. Which was never me. So are they doing better now? I don't, are they I, improving? I don't know. I feel like our daughters are going to look way better as teenagers than me and my <laughs> friends did. Because I feel like they have a lot more access to yeah, information. Probably. It's not fair. 
I'm sorry. We didn't know what we were doing. It's not fair, man. Okay, we're, we're going to go on. Do you, need, do you need a moment? I mean, it's fine. Right. I'm fine. So they go to a farm and slaughter some pigs. Ha! <laughs> pigs. Wait, hold um, on. I'm lost. Drain oh, their to blood. Get the blood. Okay. Yeah. Drain Sorry, their blood into a bucket and place the bucket on one of the rafters in the school gym. I didn't realize that they actually want. I didn't remember them. Actually oh, they won. they 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 show the pigs. Maybe I've locked it out. And they show John Travolta's character whacking. Well, they didn't show him actually whacking, but they show him Gross. lifting it up to whack the pig, and then you could hear it. Gross. It was, it was pretty bad. I don't know. I mean, it's Stephen King. He builds for the drama. He's funny on Twitter. I love him on Twitter, but also because he's extremely progressive. He's super progressive, but so, isn't he also a little funny? Like, yeah, he is. a little sarcastic. He is. he is. I like it. And I love conservative idiots complaining about him. <laughs> uh, speaking of tonight, we're, 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 fil- we're recording this on the night that Trump is doing his town hall. Yes, but more importantly, there's an episode of Vanderpump Rules tonight, so, <laughs> so even if we were watching live TV, it would not be CNN. Well, well we'd be watching. We, we watched um, Unstabled. Um, isn't it just unstable? Unstable. It's yeah. The the the, the movie. The show. What are we watching? Shows. What <laughs> the show with Rob, Rob Lowe and, his son. and John Owen Lowe. Yeah, on unstable. unstable on Netflix. On it's really Netflix. good. It's really good. And I personally am just about to finish um, the Iron Chef. Uh, I know. On Netflix. Iron mm-hmm. Legend. Not even a little. I'm on the final battle. Back. It's so good. Oh, okay. Well, we stopped in the middle of this to talk about what we're doing. I'm also, Ted Lasso is really good. Oh and my then, gosh, last night's so ep- good. This week's episode was freaking amazing. I saw your post on but, Facebook about how um, some people don't like this season. Is that true? Oh, there are a lot of people that don't like this season. This season's so good. Go to, like, I'm in a couple of Ted Lasso groups. I think... Well, the, the thing is, like, they did, like, last episode, not the episode this week, but the episode from last week, they didn't, like... What Roy said about about Keeley's video being leaked, he didn't like he, it either, though. Because well, because yeah, I know, I know, I know. But because he said, um, "Who just sent it to you?" Kind of thing. And the thing is that bothers me is that people these are still humans, like human characters that are flawed. It's ridiculous to pretend that every human character is going to be perfect in this TV show. You need to see flaws, so. How they react afterwards right. is how... He's so, about as perfect yeah. as you can get because he has a reaction afterwards going, oh no, I shouldn't have asked yeah. that. So people are... Yeah, I, oh. I, I, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't yeah, understand why so many great. people like it. This season is um, I have seen some people say that it's a little bit too long because there are longer episodes. Oh, I don't care. Um, I, 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 get a, I get annoyed before because I'm like, I don't want to watch an hour. Um, but then while watching it, I enjoy it, so I forget about that. This season is but, Anyways... Anyways, yeah, and, it's great. Um, Love is Blind's Unhinged this season. Yeah, we, need, we need to get back to watching that. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about Carrie. Speaking of Unhinged, let's talk about pig's blood. Yeah. So, so they get the blood from the pigs. Yep. Carrie asks her mother's permission to go to the prom back at their house. Her mother becomes unhinged at the suggestion, commenting that Tommy is only after her for sex and that this will lead her down a road to perpetual sin. And this is when I thought she was going to die. Yeah. I knew that she was going to die. I thought it was going to be at this moment. Yeah. So I was surprised when she went to prom and the mom was still alive. Yeah. Because I was expecting, okay, this is when this, the mother dies. So this brings up the weird dichotomy of ultra, I don't even want to say Christians because I feel like they're so far gone, but like the ultra cult-like Christians 
who are so anti-sex, mm-hmm. but also so fixated on it. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make sense to yeah. me. Like you don't want your daughter having sex ever, apparently. Mm-hmm. So you tell her that her prom date only wants to have sex. Like it just is very confusing. Like yeah. it's, it's the purity culture thing. Like, mm-hmm. First of all, why are you trying to get kids to not think about sex? Because they're going to. But second of all, why are you choosing to try to get kids to not have sex by talking about sex all, all the, the time? time? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's really frustrating. Yeah. So, Carrie slams windows and doors in her home, which is yeah, what was really earlier. Was happening. I think this music is Bernard Herman. Mm-hmm. I was going to look it up. Who also was a did a lot of Hitchcock movies. Oh. And whenever music was good. And whenever the windows closed, there was the psycho shower seat music. Oh yeah. I could hear. And I and I'm pretty sure Bernard Herman did can both I, psycho and this. Can I just say? It's been twelve years since I've seen this movie. And I have a pretty good memory. Okay. I'm just saying I'm not ancient yet. Alright. I feel like it, but I'm not. <laughs> Carrie uses her powers to push her mother into a bed and tells her that she must stop working. Carrie and Tommy arrive at the prom, and Carrie begins to feel accepted by Tommy's peers. Miss Collins relates to Carrie the story of her own prom, telling her she would cherish the memory forever. Carrie and Tommy dance together. Tommy has since fallen for Carrie and kisses her. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's fallen for her. He's being very polite. He's, he's he kisses her, and they're having a good time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that he's fallen for her. No, he's being. I think he's just being a nice guy. Yeah, because I think so. I don't really know when that was dating Sue. Yeah, and she's I'll, a nice person too. I, yeah, I think I think if this hadn't happened and everything was fine, I don't think he would have left Sue for Carrie. No, I don't but, think so. So I don't. I think he's just being a nice guy. Yeah. Um, well, one thing know. we missed earlier. Has anyone's prom been like a wonderful, amazing experience? I feel like there's a lot of build up for proms, and like no one ever really has like a perfect prom. I had a good prom. I mean, I don't know what perfect prom is. I mean, I had it was fine. I had one really good prom, and then um, my boyfriend broke up with me before my prom. So I had a really great prom at his prom. And then I went with my friend Eric to, to my prom, and I had a great time. I didn't, like, kiss anybody, though. I did get a guy's number at my prom, though. Not my date. I already had his number. <laughs> you didn't have to get it. I got someone else's date's number. And then I dated him that summer, and it was great. And that was a good prom. I'm just saying. <laughs> I I used to have it. Yeah. I don't I don't have it anymore. Now I got babies, but Norma and some of Billy's friends. <laughs> um, we're gonna leave this. Whatever. Alone. Your wife is hot, and she can get guys <laughs> if she wants to. <laughs> I mean, I need to say it because clearly you're not getting the hit that you should say. I'm trying and to talk, I can still get guys. I'm trying to talk about Carrie. Okay, I'm trying to get you to admit that I can still get guys. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about Carrie. I love you. Do you? <laughs> All right. As per Chris's instructions, Norman and Billy's friends fix the ballots so that Carrie and Tommy are elected prom king and queen. Yeah, and I, I don't know at that time. Prom king and queen. I don't even remember how it was done at our school, but I've, it wasn't couples. I don't feel like. I feel like no, it wasn't we couples. voted beforehand. You didn't vote that night, obviously. No. And it was. It wasn't like these two people are going together, so they're. No, you had the prom before. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have the front porch. So you had like five people or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but in movies, it's, it's always all, yeah, couples. Yeah, movies and TV shows, and TV always shows. couples. So they win. They make their way to the stage, and Perry finally feels what it's like to be accepted. Meanwhile, Snoozy sneaks into the prom and sees Chris and Billy under the stage. She realizes their plan, and before she sees them is when she's standing by the rope, and I thought, oh, maybe she knows about this because of she's by the rope. She knows what's going yeah. on. But she, she was oblivious to it all. She's, um, and that's when she, what happens is she sees the rope. She falls, she follows it. And it's like a slow following up the rope to the pig's blood. And then while she's doing that, Miss Collins is looking at her. Mm-hmm. And Miss Collins is looking at Sue. And I think she thinks she, Sue's going to do something because yeah. she's there. And then Sue looks under the stage, sees Chris and Billy, and tries to stop them. Miss Collins stops her and pulls her from under the stage. Because mm-hmm. I guess she thinks she apparently didn't look under the stage to see Chris and Billy. And that is when Chris and Billy pulled it. And they're like having an argument down there. I think Billy doesn't really want to do it, it seems like. Yeah. And they sl- Billy also slaps Chris quite a few times in this, uh, in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of slapping going on. Yeah. And one of them slaps the other one, and then they pull it, and, and the cord gets pulled, and the pig's blood is dumped all over Carrie as she is declared prom queen. This is a very elaborate way of in humiliating somebody. Yeah. Because, like, not only are you pouring blood on her, but you're, like, rigging the prom queen nominations for her to win. Oh, it's, it's very elaborate. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. And, like, you're spending an awful lot of energy just on humiliating someone. Not even, like, getting revenge. It's not like Carrie did anything to them. Like, it's literally just because we think you're a loser and we want to humiliate you. It's, well, it's because Chris blamed Carrie for her getting in trouble. Which, which, is, it, which is dumb. It's not her fault. Yeah. But that's the reason why. And, really, Miss Collins thinks that Sue's going to make trouble for Carrie because she saw Carrie and Tommy together. And... Ms. Collins basically throws Sue out of the gym, saves which her saves her life, life. Yeah. <laughs> which is the reason she's the only one there that lived. Right, yeah. So Chris yanks the cord, drenching Carrie in pig's blood. It's a pretty awful scene, though. It is. If I'm remembering correctly, there's like a lot of really intense music, and like yeah. it kind of freezes there's, on her. Yeah, there's there's a lot of intense music during all Frank. Yeah, and a lot of it's in slow motion. Yes. The yeah. students gasp and look on in horror. Tommy's furious, but the bucket falls and knocks him unconscious. Carrie snaps I mean, him. good for Tommy, though. Because <laughs> then he didn't have to be awake for all of it. That's true. Carrie snaps and imagines that all of the students and faculty are actually laughing at her, which her mother had warned her would happen. Carrie uses her telekinesis to destroy the gym and kill her peers and teachers, including Miss Collins. With, like, fire and, like, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, as Carrie walks home, a fire truck is seen passing her. Chris and Billy, who safely witnessed Carrie cause the death of the entire student body, attempt to run Carrie over with Billy's car. Carrie uses her telekinesis to destroy the car. Which, if you witnessed all that happening, and you saw that she did, she had used what? telekinesis, why would you try to run her over? Like, I'm going home, and like, I'm not going to see this girl ever again. Because you saw, you saw what she's you. capable of. Yeah, Mm-mm. I'm getting away. When Carrie returns home, she draws a bath. After she cleaned herself, her mother appears and tells her she was the result of a strange marital rape. Then, convinced that her daughter is an evil witch, she takes out a chopping knife and stabs Carrie in the back, 
Carrie falls down the stairs and stumbles away from her mom. When her mother corners her in the kitchen, Carrie uses her power to crucify her mother with kitchen knives and tools. Oh my gosh. After the death, Carrie becomes rocked with guilt and using the lit candle sets her house ablaze. The home eventually collapses and Carrie dies amongst the debris. Sometime later, Sue, having survived the prom night catastrophe because she was kicked out, mm-hmm. is suffering from depression over the death of her peers. She experiences a nightmare in which she visits the location of Carrie's house. As she reaches down to put flowers on the burnt lot, Carrie's blood-stained hand reaches up from the rubble and grabs her. Sue then wakes up screaming in the arms of her mother. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and, and it still you. startled me. No. Because I've seen the scene five million times. Literally, the I did not expect that. I thought the movie was done. I thought this was just like a nice scene where we got to see Sue mm-hmm. be so nice and have a dream about this girl that she was sad about. And I thought we were done. And I thought I could just watch it with my eyes open and not have to cover them. Yeah. And then that freaking hand came out of yeah. the grave. And I have not been the same since. No, I've seen that scene so many times. I have not. It's like an I all, was horrified. Yeah, that's that is end. the only scene that has stopped me from watching this movie ever again. Just the end. Yeah, I can handle the gym scene. That's fine. It's the very last scene, the jump scare of the hand. I, I mm-mm, nope. I'm well, out. It still start. It still made me jump, even though I knew it was happening. I thought I was safe. You weren't. I think that's what happened. Is I ended the movie and I was like, I think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. This was not bad. I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And then that happened, and I was like, Nope, it's over. I'm done. <laughs> I got some tidbits of information. When Sissy Spacek was preparing for her character of Carrie, she isolated herself from the rest of the ensemble, decorated her dressing room with heavy religious iconography, and studied Gustave Dore's illustrated Bible. She studied the body language of people being stoned for their sins, starting or ending every scene in one of those positions. Did you know that stoning is actually... I feel like someone explained it to me once that stoning is actually not what we think it is where people throw rocks at somebody. It's actually like someone being thrown against rocks. I don't think I knew that. I don't know how accurate it is, but I feel like someone once told me that like historically speaking, when they say they stoned somebody, they were actually throwing someone's body into stones. Mm, Yeah. I I could be totally wrong, but you know. (laughs) According to Piper Laurie, who played Carrie's mom, she thought her character was too over-the-top fanatical to be taken seriously. Brian De Palma, who's the director, had to take her to the side and personally tell her it was a horror film and not a black comedy, as she thought it was. She thought it was a black comedy? Even so, she would... There were a couple of people that thought it was a com- like, a, like a black comedy until they saw it. Oh my gosh! I don't remember who... There was another actress who thought it was. Even so, she would constantly burst out into laughter between takes because not only was her characterization and wardrobe laughable in her eyes... But the dialogue itself was humorous to her. To this day, she still refers to and maintains the movie as a black comedy. Okay. <laughs> um, and Carrie was like the first, before Carrie, the movie came out, Stephen King really was a no name. Like, Carrie was his first novel, or his first big no- like novel that made him who he was. Mm. The success of Carrie at the box office cemented Stephen King's name as an author. And King himself was delighted with the film. So, this movie came out before, like, The Shining? The movie did. Okay. The movie was like 79, I think. Oh, okay. Or I don't know. I made that up. I, it was, I think it was late 70, so. Stephen King was such a newcomer at the time of the film's release. His first name was actually misspelled in the movie's trailer. With a V? With a V, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Principal Morton was one of the heroes of the novel. 
He was a sympathetic character who tried to help Carrie and the gym teacher fight the bullies. In the movie, he forgets Carrie's name, calling her Cassie, which only adds to her rage. In the book, he survives the prom, but resigns from the school, feeling partially responsible for everything that's happened. In the movie, he dies. Betty Buckley, who's Miss Collins, the gym teacher, her terrified look on the face right before she gets killed is real. Since they hadn't been able to test the falling backboard to make sure it would stop where it was supposed to before hitting her, and no one knew for certain whether it would work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, so much has changed in, in, movie, in actors movie and like, yeah, because I feel like I've listened to all these podcasts now, like these rewatch podcasts where they're like, oh, we weren't allowed to climb a fence because we could get hurt or like we weren't allowed to eat the food. They dropped a backboard on a person without properly testing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Betty Buckley didn't also didn't know until the day of filming that her character would perish in the prom firestorm. Because her death was a last-minute decision. Oh. Buckley expected her character to survive because her novel counterpart, Ms. Disjardin, that's, that's the character that she played. They just changed the name, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in the novel, she lived. <laughs> so she didn't think she didn't know she was going to die until... It happened. And then I mentioned John Travolta, audition, John Travolta auditioned on a lunch break while filming Walking Back Hotter. He showed up for his audition, still dressed as Vinny Barbarino. That's like yeah. nuts. In the last scene of the film, Amy Irving's outburst so terrified her real-life mother, Priscilla Pointer, who plays her mom, that she screamed out Amy instead of Sue. Um, she had never seen her daughter that hysterical. Oh, and, she was like screaming. Yeah, and she'd jerk. never seen her daughter that hysterical and called out her real name in concern. Oh. However, the loud ending music covered the mistake. <laughs> that poor mom. <laughs> so yeah, that's Carrie. Hate it. Who in this Gilmore Girls universe would like the movie? I feel like Lorelai and Rory really like horror movies. I don't know. They mention them a lot. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I think they would. Yeah. I think Jess would. I feel like he would like horror yeah, movies. Yeah, he probably would. What would you rate it out of 10 cups of coffee? I mean, I want to give it zero, but I know that's just because I don't like scary movies. So, like, two, three. Okay. I'm going to give it a nine. Oh, I thought it was so good. It's too scary. I could understand. Like, I was reading it, and I kept saying that people, different actors who would become famous actors, have often called it their favorite movie. They're like top scary movie and all that stuff yeah and i, I would i would i would give it a nine. i thought it was really well acted oh see i don't remember thinking the acting was and great i thought it was really good mm-hmm. so i'd okay. give it a nine out of it's probably in my top five of the scary movies well if you ever want to listen to the musical they have the soundtrack on apple music i did not know that christy sings on it i think she does i don't know no, I, don't I don't know i'm hoping with the success of Hamilton and then filming Hamilton that they really start filming every musical. I don't think this one even made it to Broadway though. I know. I don't know. I'm not not only necessarily talking about Curie, but like of other things. Broadway HD has a lot of filmed musicals. Carrie the musical. The album is from two thousand twelve and yeah, Christy sings on it. Sounds good. Crazy. So the next movie is Mary Poppins. Woo-hoo. So watch Mary Poppins, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.